Soon we got to change those to, to red and green. You notice uh, behind you, Michael Vincent? Yeah, what's up with the pearl? I just noticed that. You're right. It is. That's sweet, though. Looks like, good. It might Looks be good. her aura. So if, if you know anything about Star Wars and you're, you're a nerd like me, by the way, that Star what Wars. What does purple aura amazing. mean? Well, when you have a kyber crystal in Star Wars, your aura is what makes the color of your lightsaber. And we have this well, new what? addition to Freight Waves over here. It is the lovely and wonderful Ingrid Brown. And I oh. think her aura is making that Mace Windu lightsaber behind her. It could be. Oh, my. Could be. Oh, my. There you go. Well, hi, guys. Hi. I never dreamed I'd be sitting here with you, too. <laughs> yeah, up here. You know, this has been, um, I remember we did that Freight Waves Insiders a few months ago, right? Yes. And you were kind of at this, this not near the crossroads in your career, but, I, you know, I've been talking to you ever since I've been producing shows here, and I've been yes. having you as a guest on yeah. Freight Waves Radio and What the Truck, and um, I know that you were behind the wheel, and you were going to be a flat foot for a little bit, right? You went to the dad, and you're like, just not for me. And I interviewed you during Insiders, and you're like, I'm back behind the wheel. I'm back out there riding again. Um, you know, I still got to think about the future. I said, have you ever thought about preserving your legacy, going out on your own terms, sharing all this great information you have with a company like Freightways, right? Absolutely. The gear's turning. Yes, it did. And it's your fault. It's, it you did this because you're like, Ingrid, do you know what you need to do? And I'm like, oh, no. Seriously? We need a passionate, empathetic trucker's voice on this network, on this show, in the world of supply chain. The supply chain community needs it and they need to hear it. Yeah, I was just going to say, the sole supply chain needs that, not just this show. Absolutely. Thanks. And you know what? I got a lot to say. So if you know one, let us know who that... <laughs> Ingrid, we're going to get into you in a minute. Let's, let's introduce the show a little bit. This is What the Truck. We are on three times a week, live Mondays, uh, Wednesdays, and Fridays, noon Eastern time. Also, on demand on your favorite podcast player. Just look up What the Truck or download the Freightways TV app, and you can watch us there as well. We have a super, super special show. Not just are you on, but we're also highlighting supply chain education in mm -hmm. Arkansas as an epicenter of supply chain. Oh. Guys, do me a favor. Get the hands ready. Get Ooh, the... Are we calling Ooh. them? Big Suey! Yeah, we're calling the hogs with the University of Arkansas. We've got David Dabrowski. We've, uh, we've got Shelly Simpson from J.B. Hunt. We've got the students from Arkansas. It's a it's big NWA show today. Big. Big time. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's tip the sponsor, and we will get oh, into it with you. So we got the first one here. Dead hens are bad for any carrier's business. You know that all too well. But Convoy's got you covered. Their app makes it easy to find round-trip loads on your favorite lane that reduces empty miles and keep your drivers back home where they want to be. Sign up in a minute and book your next load with Convoy. Absolutely. Visit convoy.com forward slash WTT or download the Convoy app on Google Play or the App Store to get started. Nice. Well, okay, so Ingrid, what do you have sitting next to you right now? What is that? Oh, well, it's is me. this not? It's me. Chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's over here. What are you talking about? I do have something. What is it? The Christmas tree ornaments. Yes. I mean, we've got those coming in. I've got to see that firsthand. Come to Chattanooga has just been awesome. But I brought you something. What is it? What is it? What you got? What Christmas tree would not be a Christmas tree without having 
a Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> oh, a little oh, pine thing. Christmas tree. <laughs> An right air freshener. Here. A it Christmas got, tree air freshener. We I got love a it. peachy peach air freshener for our tree. And you know, there's some wild stuff on there. Alcoa sent these awesome wheels that we stuck on there. Uh, Rob from BWS Logistics, oh. they just sent something over there. We'll, we'll do a, a tree shot on Monday to show you guys. But I want to thank the community so much for all these great ornaments oh, man, they've sending been sending in, in for our holiday special on November 17th. Like we've been telling everybody on social media and on the show for weeks now, if you have an ornament you want to send for the tree, time's running out. December 17th, last show of the year. It's That's a very it. What the Truck Christmas. It's going to be a white Christmas. we got a snow machine. It's going to be crazy. We're putting all these ornaments up there. We're representing as many people as possible. Free to enter. All you do is send it to us. We'll stick it on there. We even stuck a... Uh, what is that thing like? Um, yeah, I was gonna say, you just if you don't have an ornament, just send whatever's laying Deep around sleep the office. We got on there. They sent us a, um, <laughs> a sleep apnea. Yeah, a sleep apnea machine is on. Everything is on there. We got hats. Yeah. We got stickers. Yeah, it's as it's as frayed as you can be, man. We, a we got diesel. air fresheners. And an air freshener. Air I mean, freshers, it's but a not Christmas just the pine tree ones. You got the high quality peach. The high these quality. are difficult. Yeah, you're to very familiar these with these covered. because of all your time driving on the road, being a professional driver, you are bringing that knowledge, that viewpoint with us because you're still a live, active driver. You're starting a new show called 18, America on 18 Wheels, right? Exactly. Tell us a little bit about what it's going to be and what people are going to see when this launches. Well, what we're going to do is is I'm going to be doing a 30-minute show a week uh, and then doing an article, of course. But what we're covering is the driver's side. Yeah. What are we doing and what's going on with us? Yeah. You know, it's Love going it. to be, hey, what works for us? Mm -hmm. Food, health. These guys cooking trucks, and you guys know that stuff. Turbo beans. I eat Kit Kats. Yeah. I mean, did you ever cook I, anything on your turbo? I did beans, <laughs> and you lay, and yeah, yeah, you 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 lay. Hot dogs are the greatest on turbo. Okay, <laughs> wrap it in aluminum foil, turbo dog, and it lays across. It does. It cooks. It, yeah, but honestly, some of these guys have got. They should be chefs. You know, I mean, they've got the whole yeah. setup. I don't yeah. even have a microwave, so I'm going to learn a lot. You know, we're going to touch the areas of OEMs, Peterbilt, Kenworth, Volvo, Freightliner, Mac, about, you know what, when I get in a seat and I have a seat belt, guess what happens? It hits me right here. Okay, why can't we have this to where it runs down like a car? Yeah. So we're going to start addressing driver situations. I love it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, going Parking. into different areas. Parking's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas. Hey, you guys know I I run Christmas. I'll be out there Christmas Day. You do. Let's see a little bit of, of you running Christmas because you've been moving wreaths and trees. Show some of these pictures yeah. in this video we got. Oh, here's here's this. Is this your truck right here getting loaded up? Yes, that's it. That's yeah. it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. in the mountains of North Carolina where I'm from, um, right on the Virginia line. Uh, that's Stone Mountain Farms, and then I've been hauling Bottomley Farms out of Mount Airy, and. Uh, a lot of mine go to the Beltway in D.C., uh, some of the strip malls. Uh, I have had trees at my home and, and cut them all down, uh, sent them off and, and done Christmas. So, yeah, this is how we load, and that's literally. Wait, you just went around your yard, like, just cutting down trees and throwing them in your truck with <laughs> no, all the other trees? No, I actually have several acres of trees. <laughs> well, now I do. All right. The ones that are left, yeah, I go out and cut a tree. But I take my neighbors. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> it is. It's, it's in the tree right there. And yeah. yeah. That is the top. Of, that's nice. The Did they use the helicopter there moving the trees around? We saw that once, like a couple well, years ago, I no, think it was. But no, but that's not in Oregon yeah. with the Capitol Christmas yeah. tree. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, what about these guys? On, right. Uh, so these are some of the customers and FFA and BFWs and charity. Right. Uh, these are the, 
I deliver. What is uh, so you usually are doing like produce stuff, right? You're coming out of Riverside, mm-hmm. California. What is unique or different about hauling uh, Christmas trees and wreaths versus your traditional produce, other than like having the lovely pine smell? They make a mess in the trailer. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you don't have the sap and all this stuff that you hear the horror stories. Oh, they're going to, you know, destroy my trailer. They don't. Uh, I can get like 500 trees in a truck. Yeah. Um, okay. And I can get 15,000 wreaths. Wow. Um, and they're floor loaded most of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, they're easy on and easy off, to be honest with so you. They're hold not on. Time if, if you get 15,000 wreaths in there, you know, some of these lots blaming the price increase on uh, transportation. I mean, 15,000 wreaths is a lot to spread that over, you know. Right, Michael Vincent? Oh, the cost per yeah. wreath is yeah, that's not it's, really it's high. Crazy. No, I get right. it. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah, there yeah. was an article. So did you encounter any shortages? Nick Austin had an article up yesterday. And we actually had our own experience at a tree lot over here where the guy was like, we, when we bought this tree, he said, yeah. I'm closing down by the weekend. She was we're, $400. We're almost out. And his prices were like 40 bucks. <laughs> it was they, they really were. They were like $40 more than they were oh, yeah. uh, a yeah, year ago. Right. Have you they seen these things expensive. shortages over out your way? I guess it, or at least in the Northwest, I think that's 70% reduction in the number of trees this year. Well, I think it was damage from wildfires, right? Yeah. So and, and North heat. Carolina, True. probably not so much, True. huh? Here's how it works on the main area of this is these trees are sold because maturity size two and three years in advance. Sure, right, right, So right, the right. supply, and they gauge and they increase that supply as the year's total, of course. So what you're finding on any shortage is, okay, I sold out. Yeah. Now I need more trees. And you're... I, I haven't seen any shortage. Uh, I was at Home Depot deliveries this past week. Tons. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe, so, we got, maybe we got finagled a little bit. Oh. Most likely. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> We're not, you just we didn't, didn't haggle either. You just so, didn't uh, call the right that's person. Right. <laughs> we try to be empathetic about it to the guy. We're like, oh, yeah, we totally understand. All right, here's the here's the sticker price. Right. Well, we got out of that truck. There was nobody else at the lot either. What we got out of my truck. We were the only like, people Look there. at these two boneheads. Yeah. <laughs> Anger, we do have to get over to another guest, but I'm so glad you came down to Chattanooga. It's been fun to do some pre-production on your show with you. I'm so excited that you are now a part of the Freight Waves TV Family, and I really look forward to seeing uh, America on 18 Wheels. I'm excited. Thank you for what you've done. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, you. Thanks. I got one yesterday, too. Guys, I don't even know what more to say than thank you until. No, thank you. We got it. We got it. We need the voice of the trucker out here, and you're going to kill it. So, very cool. Do it. Goodbye, guys. Enjoy (laughs) your day. Arkansas, you rock. (laughs) See you later, Ingrid. Later. You're going to you're gonna have to lock that. Watch your step here. These platforms are uh, a little bit more trepidatious behind the scenes than what you guys see on camera. Make, make sure you guys change hey. the lock on the door. Our next guest, <laughs> he's going to talk to us about inventory. We're just talking about tree inventory. What about inventory in general, plus what's going on EVs, the infrastructure bill, and all that stuff? It's Trent Broberg, CEO over at Assertus. Trent, it's been a little bit. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me again. And uh, that's great about Ingrid and the show coming up there. Looking forward to it. I, I, hey, I dig the background, too. What, uh, what do you got going on behind you there? Where are you sitting today? Oh, this is a, a self-manufactured uh, wood. And it's actually canvas. Everybody asked me about oh. it. But, uh, I'm, sitting here in my, I'm sitting here in my home in Phoenix, Arizona. About seventy degrees outside. I like that. I like that. I thought that was. I thought that I was going to ask him too. I thought. I thought those were like pallets or something like that, and you like burn those in there. With your, <laughs> no, it looks. It looks cool. really nice. Hey, I like it. So, Trent, big big storyline that's been coming up, and it's a lot of different angles, especially when you look at warehousing space and and congestion, all that. What's been going on with inventory, and especially inventory availability, from uh, what you've been seeing? 
Yeah, obviously in the finished vehicle space, uh, just like we talked about last time, still very pressured with supply chain disruptions, driver shortages, uh, challenges with um, uh, the ships coming across, you know, from either side uh, of the domestic space. So still huge reductions, 90% reductions in inventories on car lots. Um, huge increases in wholesale pricing, used car pricing. Used car prices are up uh, more than 30% uh, year over year. So if you've been looking for a vehicle, you're still in that pinch a little bit. You definitely are. Is there any relief coming inside? I was talking to some people in South Africa the other day, and, you know, they, they shut down this time of year for almost the entire month. Oh, wow. Because it's really hot there and stuff, so they just take, like, home. But you got Volvo, Toyota, and I believe BMW big plants over there. They're not shutting down. They're not taking this, this December off, which is a traditional holiday to do it. Is there, is, there, is there more of that going on? Are we starting to see some relief, or is there uh, uh, light at the end of this tunnel? Yeah, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. The OEMs I've talked to are, are looking at uh, Q1, Q2, Q2 ramp in production. It won't be at full production yet because there'll still be shortages on supplies, but there is some shortage inside. I'd say about probably about another six months. I think one of the most interesting things that, that I heard, and it sounds like a small thing, and I know I've mentioned this before and it was in the newsletter, but companies like GM, for next year's models, they're not putting in things like heated steering wheels and heated seats so they can keep that inventory flowing. So they're dropping yeah. down some of these um, these accessorials or, or luxury items to actually just make it so you can get the basic model of the car and keep these things moving. Do you think we're going to see a lot more of that, like just a focus on inventory, even if it has to be the leaner version of these vehicles? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things that OEMs are doing today. They're reducing the amount of chips uh, based on feature functionality. There, uh, there's some OEMs that are offering vouchers to come back and receive the chips after you've purchased the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, right. IOUs. I was going to bring that up, right? Seed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to keep that uh, one. Yeah, That's for an engine. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's, yeah. Hopefully, it's not on a napkin, but. Um, looking forward. And then, and then obviously, um, uh, you know, I, I, something I just read about Toyota is they're reducing some of their, their Lean Six Sigma practices for air exceptions uh, a little bit lower in tolerance levels so they can continue to produce vehicles at a, at a mass level. Now, speaking of OEMs and manufacturers, there's a big push for EVs and electrification, and the infrastructure bill deals with that heavily. And, you know, if you, if you talk to a lot of energy experts, uh, there, there's some, or at least naysayers, who are very sort of critical of how we're going to have this electrical infrastructure to charge all these vehicles. Mm. If you put them online, especially when you're talking about states still having rolling blackouts and the price of gas, all of those kind of factors fit Texas in. Texas so, in the winter. Yeah, so what kind <laughs> of a boon is this infrastructure bill? Ultimately, is it good for automotive, and are we going to see EVs keep pace with all this? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, generally speaking, there's some good and bad, uh, as there is with most, uh, you know, bills out there. But, but uh, you know, the positive trend with EVs, the consumer demand is there. So we've got to catch up the bottom line from an infrastructure perspective. Uh, absolutely. Will, will our infrastructure manage, uh, you know, the heavy loads, even in residential areas? That's an interesting thought process. You know, the infrastructure bill is, is, is addressing some of the charging infrastructure out there, but uh, thinking about things that it's not addressing when we look at our carrier community, which is, you know, really where we're focused and where we're, we're trying to understand how we can best fit our carriers into the EV mold, if you will. But, you know, the weight of these EVs, the infrastructure bill doesn't address the weight limits mm. out there. Um, and that's a big issue. You know, you look at a Tesla S versus a Toyota Avalon, very similar size vehicles. It's about a 28% reduction in load factor. You can get nine uh, Toyota Avalons on a nine car. You can only get seven. So you think about that 28% delta, that flows through, obviously, in the supply chain, transportation costs and the like. 
Rivian, very similar, right? I mean, these are great vehicles, but very similar versus a you know an F one fifty. So now, Trent, when you're hauling when you're hauling the the uh, the automobiles, it's it's per haul. It's not per vehicle pay, right? Like it is like in furniture, like it's crazy pricing. You ever haul furniture before? Or deal with that? It's yeah. like price per seat of the furniture and stuff like that. It is just a straight yeah. full load, right? Pricing, or is it by vehicle? Both, both. Just as you would have a full truckload, or you'd have an LTL that you're, uh, or maybe a partial truckload. It's very similar to the same thing. Sometimes. You've got three cars on a on a nine car. Sometimes you're buying the whole nine car, and you know all mm. the way down into a singular flatbed. So it runs the gamut, contractual versus spot market, very similar to freight, uh, as you would there. And that's where it really impacts. You know, a lot of these carriers out there. Not only are they trying to trying to price accordingly because you've got, you've obviously got a, a lower load factor, if you will. But I mean, how you know the toll on the roads? We've already got a, a capacity and driver crunch. And now you've got to go find 28% more to haul these EV vehicles, particularly the Tesla versus the Avalon. Now, one of the most interesting graphs you can look at in Sonar is just the way that volumes have behaved uh, this year, especially yeah. in, in drive-in freight, where it's been an elevated and sustained almost flat line. And instead of seeing like those big pull forwards beyond holidays, you just see these sort of dip-offs because I think that the getting's been good, so there's no reason to do those ramp-offs and people are actually taking that holiday time sure. off. Is auto-hauling seeing a very similar trend in trajectory? Yeah, huge capacity constraints, just like on the freight side, for all the same reasons, uh, probably uh, probably amplified by the equipment used in auto hauling. Uh, it's much more challenging equipment, much more challenging to obtain, and there's less of it out there. Um, I think what we've seen that maybe the big difference is just the fact that, that you know, there aren't a lot of boxes moving, and those boxes are VINs in this case, or vehicles, uh, just because not only are the production levels low, but the used car and wholesale market, like I said, has increased 25, 30% year over year. So, you know, dealerships, uh, fleet management companies are buying less than they typically would because they're worried about buying high and selling low. Yeah, they would be. And, and along that, the lines of buying high and selling low, with the EVs coming out, we're talking about EVs a little bit here. How does that affect and how do you adjust for the residual value of all these gas cars as that becomes more and more uh, you know, pro- prolific throughout the, uh, throughout the industry? Yeah, it's a great. I don't think anybody has the answer to that. Uh, particularly if you got, if maybe we can start a dealership together and try to figure that out. But yeah, there you go. But uh, I think uh, generally speaking, I, we've got there's a huge runway in, in internal combustion engines. Uh, no issues. You know, there's people that are like, well, I'm not worried. I'm worried if I buy an internal combustion engine, will the resale value be lower because EVs are hitting the market? And I don't think that's the case at all. Matter of fact, a lot of people are making money off of vehicles. It's a it's a depreciating asset that is no longer depreciating. <laughs> yeah, right now, that's for sure. A used yeah. vehicle is actually appreciating at this point. Now, speaking of assets, so this infrastructure bill comes through, there's going to be a lot of demand, especially for flatbed freight. Do you see that cutting into the car hauling market and making capacity even more constrained? So there's a good side of the bill, but that could be a bad side as well, as it's going to suck drivers out of certain markets. Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's going to be a, a very competitive landscape out there. I think Typically, your your typical auto hauler has kind of gone through a freight environment, or it's maybe a little bit more uh, high touch freight, obviously higher value freight. Um, but there's there's just going to be a general competition. And there's also a huge competition coming in from the final mile space. So you know, if you want to be home every night, you want to make local deliveries. Uh, we see a lot of drivers coming off of our carrier capacity and moving over to our final mile capacity. Um, 
to, to be home every night. They're literally driving a vehicle or doing a flatbed delivery to a home. You know, the infrastructure bill also has some provisions on there where you've got 18-year-old drivers that are coming in that have uh, potential to get a CDL with stipulations. There's hot shots out there. There are a lot of hot shots out there, not, not, not that we use personally, but a lot of hot shots out there that don't require a CDL. So you see a lot of people moving from a CDL environment over to a hot shot with a, you know, a dually, as long as they're under 26,000 gross vehicle weight ratio, then uh, rating, then, then they don't have to see, have a CDL. So Trent, it looks, when I see these uh, auto haulers going down the road and you can see them with the cars, on, it looks like a really difficult thing to, to, to handle going down the road. Does it take special talent and, and, and does it, is it hard to recruit drivers into that industry? Yeah, absolutely, because it's very specialized. Uh, just as you would have in any other niche or specialized uh, freight environment, uh, I think uh, you know heavy duty, you know overweight, overdimensional type freight. Uh, you know, literally these these uh, guys and gals out there are on a on a traditional nine car, which you are kind of explaining to. They're crawling up top there, right? They've got to load the vehicle, drive it all the way up top, and they're up top there. Think icy conditions, winter conditions. It's not an easy thing to do, and you know. Uh, having people like Ingrid on there to to continue to promote the challenges drivers go through parking. Huge example. You mentioned that earlier. Parking is a huge example, right? That was missed from the infrastructure bill, in my opinion. So there's there's absolutely a lot of challenges here. That's why you, you know you kind of see a lot of drivers moving from those nine cars over to a wedge, what you would term, which holds mm. maybe three cars or four mm. cars, because I'm not crawling really high in you know the middle of winter, basically. Now, Trent, as we look towards 2022, what's uh, what's Q1, Q2 going to look at, and what should uh, your clients and potential clients prepare for? Yeah, I think it's a slow ramp in uh, OEM production. Uh, the wholesale and, and retail prices have kind of trailed off a little bit on their hockey stick growth up and to the right. So that's the 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 uh, the increases have slowed a little bit out there. So you know, everybody that comes to me is, says, "Should I buy a car right now?" Well, depends on your situation. But I suspect uh, within the next six months or so, OEMs will start uh, loosening up. I think a big a big component of that was Omicron, and and hopefully the less uh, severe uh, that variant is, obviously of COVID, um, that will definitely help because there was a lot of fears going through. I know right. the supply chain domestically and internationally uh, about that. So uh, there's a lot of lot of a lot of new OEMs coming into the business. So there's a lot of opportunity for everybody in this space for sure. Very cool. Thank you very much. Very cool. Well, you know, we're waiting for Shelly to connect. So in the meantime, and uh, Trent, can you throw us, um, can you throw us a a plug here on where people can go to get some more information on this? Yeah. Yeah. Certusdelivers.com. That's your best place for it. Obviously we're, we're here, uh, whether, whether you're a business and you need finished vehicles, move, stored, reconditioned, title and registration, or, or you're what you'd call a personal move, right? If you guys are are relocating your offices to Phoenix, Arizona, because it's 70 degrees outside, we can handle that as well. Ooh, there's Perfect. a plug for well, Phoenix. Hey, well, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks for having us. Take right care. Thanks, Trent. All right, now, bef- before we jump all into Arkansas, let's do a little good news, bad news. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's do a little. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, I hope they're okay. All right, he just mentioned parking. Bad news. It takes the average trucker 56 minutes to find parking every night. Wow. 
Big part of retention, right? Drivers get sick of that. They leave the industry. Good news. CDL Life reports on December 9th, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey and the Arizona Department of Transportation announced several measures designed to alleviate stress on the transportation system and help address the nationwide supply chain crisis. Ducey has directed ADOT to temporarily reopen two previously closed rest areas, parks on I-40 and Christensen on I-17, in order to provide truckers with additional opportunities to park and rest when traveling through Arizona. He says the rest areas will be open through January 18, 2022, to provide relief for critical drivers during this season. I did ask Ingrid about this, and she said that um, it's a start. Those are two very small locations. There's a bunch of other ones that are shut down over there that they could just open up. Yeah. Even more frustration driving by a truck stop you could stop at, but you can't because they're closed. Uh, <coughs> Loves is also adding 280 parking spots. Loves just there did add 280 parking spots. They open stores in Montana, North Dakota, Iowa, and Texas. So we need a lot more truck parking, but a little bit there. Yeah, we absolutely. It's it's great to have Ingrid there. Right away, there's her there's her knowledge. Yeah, she knows what size those things are, and there she's got that inside knowledge. What what do you think is why only till the 18th? Do you think? Know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wonder what the costs are. So here's some good news, my friend. You just got a table of 40. You're a server. You had a, yeah. you had a table of 40 at the Oven and Tap in Bentonville, Arkansas, and they left you a tip for $4,400, my nice. friend. Nice. Nice, nice little Christmas trip, right? Perfect at yeah. this time of year. CBS 17 reports one of the diners said it was an incredible thing to do and to see her reaction uh, it was, was awesome to see what this meant to her and the impact it had on her life already was uh, awesome. Here's the bad news, my friend. I was going to say, how could that be bad? Uh, Merry uh, Christmas, right? Dude, no good deed goes unpunished, Uh. my friend. The server said I was told that I was going to have to be giving my cash over to the shift manager and I would be only taking 20% of it home. According to the server, the restaurant asked her to share the tip with her coworkers, something she has never had to do in three and a half years working at the oven and tap. Uh, the diner said pooling tips with those who didn't wait on his party was not his intention, the person who gave the, the money, and asked the restaurant to return the gratuity and then he gave the cash to the person outside. So solid move on that person's part. Yeah, so he hears the restaurant's going to take the cash and give it to everybody, and he yeah. says, no, no, just give it to me. He said, yeah, right. that's right. And they, But but I said, no, 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 no. I want a Dooner to All right, so what, right? so what happened? Well, here's the thing, man. The KNWA asked Oven and Tap if this was true, and they declined an interview. But afterwards, after dining, afterwards they gave a statement that said, after dining, this large group of guests requested that their gratuity be given to two particular servers. We fully honored their request. Out of respect for our highly valued team members, we do not discuss the details surrounding the termination of an employee. So apparently this person got a $4,400 termination Bonus. I guess did she get to keep the money? Well, the guy gave it to her outside the restaurant, so the restaurant right. can't do anything about uh, that. A lot of hiring going on. A lot of, take that forty four hundred bucks, right? Start and your own run. business. Go start, start a new business. Yeah, or go work somewhere where they appreciate you. All right, here's one for you. Good news. You're a student at Allendale Elementary School when a friendly, foul-mouthed crow randomly shows up to class one day. <laughs> uh, Naomi Inmill, she's an education assistant at Allendale. She says the bird could say, like, this, this was a very loquacious bird, right? This bird could say a lot of different things. You could say, what's up? I'm fine. And the problem may have been this. You can also say a lot of swear words. Uh, <laughs> Inmill says it was like a parrot. It was the weirdest thing. He knows a lot of words. I'm not going to lie. His vocabulary has expanded quite a bit in the last few weeks. Well, 
bad news, they sent animal control to the school to, to get this crow because it was a wild animal. And even though it was chatting and they were having a lot of fun with it and making hats for it like that, they sent animal <laughs> control. And animal control tried to get the crow, but this crow was too smart for him and outwitted animal control. Then this became a whole thing in the town because the birds started flying around to Planet Fitness and it started greeting customers. That Trolling were, people. Yeah. And then there were different <laughs> factions that formed in this town. I'm not even kidding. There were some that wanted to like catch and capture this bird. There was another that wanted to shoot this bird down because they were sick of it getting all the attention. There were people who just wanted the bird to be free. Uh, someone captured it with sardines. On. They laid a trap out for it. They gave it to a sanctuary. And then the sanctuary ultimately said, no, like this bird needs to be free. And yeah, there's to be nothing wrong to... with this bird. So he's got to follow free. Out, man. So Relax. that bird's still flying around. Gosh, let it be free. Go back to your murder. We should do a live show from there. If we could find that, yeah. we should go look for it like Sasquatch Hunters. All right, what else you <laughs> go got? <on> that. <laughs> Here's some good news, my friend. Yeah. Your name is now Graham George Spencer, and you're a British citizen, and you live in Singapore, and you'd like to go out for a nice stroll around the gardens by the bay, my sure. friend. And you're Sounds out there beautiful. doing this, and it's great. And you know what happens? What? Here's the bad news, but let me set this up a little bit. A runner goes jogging past you. It's really nice, but he's running towards a raft of otters, Oh, which is what you call a group of otters, I yeah. guess. Just learned that from you, as a matter of fact. A raft of otters, and the otters are now pissed off. Off, and they run over to the to you. This this guy that's just standing there as this jogger goes by, they get mad at the jogger, but they chase after Whoa. this guy. And here's an actual photo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that is not an actual photo, but it is an actual story. The guy was bitten 26 times in 10 seconds. He says, I was bitten 26 times in 10 seconds. If it wasn't for my friend, I don't think I'd be here. I'd be dead, he told the local outlet today. According to The Guardian, the pair said that they ran towards a visitor center still pursued by these crazy otters. After staff at the center treated some of the wounds, Spencer took himself to nearby Galena Eagles Hospital where he was given uh, tetanus shots and uh, antibiotics. But, dude, otters. Well, that's what I hear. That vicious. They're like Canadian geese. They're like the Canadian geese of uh, the <laughs> pond. Of Singapore. Of Singapore. Of yeah. Singapore. Hey, you know what? So we have we have two guests here. We have, I can oh. see that, uh, the University of Arkansas is in the green room, but we also have Shelly Simpson on the phone. So Sweet. let's talk to Shelly first, and we'll jump over to the students over there. Shelly, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. This is a this is a big show. We're highlighting what is awesome about Arkansas. I don't know if you saw the beginning of the show. We were already calling the hogs up here. <laughs> hey, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I don't know how well we did. You know, I'm a Buckeye, but well, I tried my best. Let's try it. Let's, she can Should judge we try us. It again? She can judge? I know the students you be, in the green room judge can us? hear us, too. So judge us here, and then Shelly can give us a grade, and the students can give us a grade, too. So are you ready to do it? I'm ready, bro. Ooh, Pig Suey! What do you give us? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I needed to see the fingers to see if your fingers were oh, they were going. or not. If you wiggle or you shake. Wiggle and shake kind of like a jazz hand type of thing with wiggling fingers. <laughs> Shelly, you have... Um, I'm impressed with what jazz hands are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw a post that you put up there and you were, you were kind of pumping up how awesome Arkansas was. And, you, and you, it, the, I think the headline of the article was, is Arkansas the next Austin? And you seem to agree with that sentiment. Tell us why Arkansas is the next Austin, especially for freight and maybe even freight tech. Well, you know, when you look at Northwest Arkansas and the explosive growth that we've had really across from Fayetteville to Bentonville, it has just been amazing. I've been in the area now 31 years, and uh, I would say the last 10 years, the acceleration has been dramatic. If you look at what the campus is doing uh, at Walmart and the new corporate headquarters, along with what we're doing and Tyson's doing, and then you have the University of Arkansas anchored on the south side, and then plenty of other companies that are here 
technology really has become front and center for for a lot of us. And so technology is a huge accelerator for us. But, you know, the area has so much to offer. A lot of people just don't know that. We have one of the world's best museums here in Northwest Arkansas. We also have the best uh, mountain biking trail, our lakes, our nature, and then just the the arts that are here uh, in Northwest Arkansas. It's amazing what you can get and still feel like you have a a small town feel if you would like to. Well, Shelly, you're obviously a a very sincere and talented Mm -hmm. ambassador for for Arkansas there. And I know J.B. Hunt does a lot of things in that area to support the hospitals, the children's hospitals, and other other community efforts and social responsibilities is tremendous there. But it reaches all across America. And let's speak to that a little bit across America. What are you guys involved? You guys are involved with Reach Across America. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So we've been involved with Reach Across America for uh, many, many years. And it's one of the highlights. We love to highlight our veterans and our military and what's happening. And as you know, we had a commitment several years back to hire 10,000 veterans by 2020. And we reached that even sooner uh, than 2020. And it's an important component that we honor, remember, and teach everyone as to the freedoms that we have. And so we have nearly 175 drivers participating in Reese Across America. We're bringing several uh, loads and going to be delivering nearly 200,000 wreaths to 10 different national cemeteries. We actually will be on Facebook Live on our J.B. Hunt Drivers page on the 17th with our ceremony. And then on the 18th, we'll be participating uh, across the board in 10 different national cemeteries. So very excited to do it. We're always very humbled. uh, And it's just a great time of remembrance on how many people really served and died for our country. Yeah, they're showing, with the, on a picture they were just showing on the screen here was uh, Arkansas's Run for the Fallen, where you put a bunch of different flags right in front of J.B. Hunt headquarters there. Tell us a little bit about that, too. I saw that picture on LinkedIn. It looked incredible. Yeah, you know, that's something. If you ever get the opportunity to do it, we normally have that for about two weeks. We're located right on I-49 for people that don't know that. So it's very easy access to come. And at each one of those, you can see it right there on the picture. There's a a little picture in front of each flag. And that is the servicemen or women that actually lost their lives in battle. And those are Arkansans that fought for our country. And so we like to honor our Arkansans. Uh, that really put their life on the line. You know, wow, Shelly, yeah. um, supply chain has become such a hot term, right? It's become such yes. a hot term during this this whole situation. And, you know, that's going to rub off on the next generation of students sure. and, and individuals who are thinking of taking a career path within freight. Our next guests are going to be the University of Arkansas. And, Shelly, you have a lot of experience, especially in Arkansas, especially in freight. What kind of advice would you give to all of the students who are listening now and who will be listening to this? Well, um, not only is supply chain getting a highlight, but so is technology in the supply chain space, and particularly in transportation and logistics. And so uh, if you think about the differentiation that's happening in the retail space, logistics and supply chain is becoming a huge advantage for companies. And so we love being right in the middle of that and helping our customers really solve for supply chain needs from, you know, their inbound material all the way to the final product delivering into our our personal homes. And so um, it's a lot different than it was 30 years ago, uh, nearly 30 years ago when I started. The connectivity, the visibility, our ability to really see what's happening across the supply chain and specifically in transportation logistics, what we can do to move goods across America is significant.
Excellent stuff. So, Shelly, we're going to head over to the University of Arkansas here next and talk to some of the students. But to make sure we got a full crowd, would you do us the honor of calling some hogs for us? <laughs> of course I will because uh, we are a nationally ranked football, basketball, <laughs> and um baseball team along with many other women's sports so we're very proud of our Arkansas Razorbacks and so here we go pig silly let's go hogs there you go I love it I love it excellent hey thanks team for having me yeah, Shelly Simpson, thank Merry you, Shelly, J.B. Hunt, Shelly Simpson. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on the show. To you and the, the J.B. Hunt team, have a wonderful, wonderful New Year. All right, man, we got to uh, we got to tip the band, and we'll go over to those students Sweet. that we've been promising. So, you know something, dude? A lot of carriers love power-only loads. It saves them time. They just hook up, load, and go. No messing around at the shipper's facility. And you know who's got a lot of power-only freight loads? I, I don't. Who is that? It's Convoy. Their oh. power-only loads are available to all, all Convoy carriers. Check them out at convoy.com slash WTT and book a power-only load today. With over 400 locations nationwide, Love's Truck Care and Speedco Network are committed to providing a tire program to meet your needs. The Love's Retread Warranty Program combines quality and safety and is designed with your fleet's efficiency in mind. They cover and retread the casing for the full life of that retread. That's right. Learn more at loves.com. Head over there right after the show. All right. Now it is David Drobizowski. He's the Director of Science Program in Supply Chain Management and the students from the University of Arkansas. Hello, folks. Thank you for coming there on the show. <laughs> hey, Dooner. It's great to be with you all today. That room is odd. Where are you guys sitting right now? That, that lounge looks like a pretty classy joint you guys got there. Well, you know, nothing but the best here in Fayetteville at the Walton College. This is actually our recruiting room. So this is where we bring in tomorrow's supply chain talent. Well, David, oh, who, who are they? Who are you sitting with over here? Who, who do we got with you? All right, great. Well, I'll let them uh, introduce themselves. These are some uh, really stalwart supply chain leaders. So, uh, Casey, why don't you start things off? Yeah, sure. My name is uh, Casey Grovey. Um, I'm originally from Shawnee, Oklahoma, and I currently work at J.B. Hunt Transport. Oh, so you recognize Shelly when she was on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> How about yourself? Uh, my name is uh, my name is Olivia Kellstrom, and uh, I actually currently work at uh, the Walmart corporate office in Bentonville. Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. And how and about I'm yourself, Robert, young man? Robert Cooper Eskew and uh, Arkansas native here. Went to the university for my bachelor's, came back for my master's, working at Johnson & Johnson supporting Walmart. These are, wow. So, okay, these awesome. are some major companies that you're all working for, and you're also in this supply chain program. So let's find out a little bit about that. What is this supply chain program that, they're, that they are enrolled in, David? What are you running over there? Okay, so uh, just really quick. So this is a Master's of Science in Supply Chain Management. It's a dedicated deep dive into supply chain management, 10 courses that uh, working professionals like, you know, the awesome three folks that we have here can generally com complete in about two years while uh, working their way through the program. Uh, it's a flexible program that's designed for people uh, like these folks that have demanding schedules. So we meet uh, roughly once per month on weekends so to not be too disruptive of their work responsibilities. And then on the in-between uh, weeks, you know, we provide content online using both uh, synchronous method methods like Zoom as well as some asynchronous stuff. So it's a really cool program. But I want them to tell you about the program because they've got the real insight. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's start on the it. end over there let's with, with, with uh, Mr. J.B. Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so like David said, I mean, being in the the transportation industry now for for almost seven years, this program, you know, has given me the opportunity to learn more about supply chain from a, a much broader perspective and and allow me to you know think differently, think you know more big and and think more strategic around um, the work I do in my day to day. Along with that, the flexibility that this program has provided has been outstanding, allowing me to you know both excel at work and still, you know, perform well in the classroom and, and learn, um, you know, every day. So it's, it's been outstanding. Is, is that what we're looking at? Is that one of your uh, live classes over there? Is that what goes down when you guys are workshopping? Simulations. Yep. That's uh, some of the simulations that we do in our class that we get to do, um, you know, real lifetime work with our simulation programs and run competitions and learn more about them and uh, how we can use those in our everyday work life. Yeah, so um, uh, I, and I forgot the young lady's name in in the middle there, but I wanted to ask I wanted to ask you. Um, so so, what is it like going through this program? There is it disruptive to, or what, would you recommend this to other uh, people that are in management trying to move forward? Absolutely. Um, so for me, I'm kind of an exception to the rest of the students. Um, I actually ended up finishing the program in a year, but I do not come from a supply chain background whatsoever. Mm. So for me, the program really provided me the foundation and all the knowledge I needed to excel um, in my current role at Walmart. Um, It taught me a lot about supply chain. I had never heard of supply chain prior to the pandemic and kind of looking into what career change I wanted to make. And so when I researched it, I found this program um, and it's been wonderful. Interesting. So have you guys noticed that amongst your your peers within the class? Or, I mean, obviously you work for J.B. Hunt, you're familiar with supply chain. And now you mentioned you're a little bit of an outlier, but are there other students who have come in who are just there to gain more knowledge on supply chain because of how prominent this topic has become ever since toilet toilet paper vanished from the shelves? (laughs) Yeah, so I think... I have a supply chain background, right? I got my bachelor's degree here in supply chain, and I've worked with various different Fortune 500 companies within that realm. But when I'm looking at the students and seeing everybody that's come into it, you know, supply chain became the hot topic word two years ago. And now you have people that are just wanting to get more information about it, or they're wanting to leverage into the career and find this as a great opportunity to do both of those things, right? With our networking that we do, the the best professors that you're going to get in the entire nation teaching you about what you want to learn about as the most relevant competitive advantage that we have right now. Now, we have a picture of David here holding up some crayons, and uh, he actually had a post on LinkedIn that said, uh, crayons and supply chain. Show that picture with the crayons here. What is he teaching you here right now? Yeah, so that's another one of the simulations that we do, um, part of Lean. So when we talk about Lean and Agile and programs within Six Sigma and how you can eliminate waste. Um, so this is one of the simulations that we use. Uh, and, and it's just fun to color sometimes as well. <laughs> All right, Matt, well, it looks like that David has a good time with you guys because we've also got him dressed up like a clown. You mentioned those simulations and you've said them a few times. Let's show this clown here. Now, what is this clown teaching you about simulations? What goes? What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, so I think so. Some of the simulations that we did, um, we use them as um, kind of healthy competition within the class, right? So you take a full supply chain, you're making all the decisions, and you're basically running the business from every aspect, whether it be financial or accounting, marketing, supply chain, and you really get to see the whole spectrum from end to end in these uh, simulations that we run. And 
it's fun. It's healthy competition between us uh, to see who's going to come out as first and have the best simulation run. Um, and we use different programs um, so that we have available through the university programs and platforms that we can run those through. And uh, they've been really, really enjoyable. So, you so, know, the reason oh, Robert, you know, the reason <laughs> Robert's the right guy to talk. I'm sorry to jump in, but, I, you know, the reason Robert's the right guy to talk about these simulations is because he wins them all. That's why. I call this guy the human algorithm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you jumped in. People were wondering who was whispering in the background every time we asked a question. There. Yeah. <laughs> David, stay here for a second. David, stay here because we have a bunch of we have like one right. of the reasons I noticed what you guys were up to is I watch college football and I've seen your signs all the time on ESPN College Game Day. Now, where do you get this street team from? Who is out there waving these things around all the time? Well, we are very you know, blessed and fortunate that we actually have the creator of the sign. So why don't you come in and loop <laughs> bring her on in? Drop that thing. Yeah, there we go. There it is. That's a sign I've seen. So is this you made the sign right here? So so this was uh, at the beginning of the season. Paul Feinbaum was in Fayetteville and Luke was watching it at home and he asked me if he could come over and watch it and I said no we don't have time for that and then he and his sister said well what if you go advertise your number one supply chain management ranking and I said let's go <laughs> so they made this sign and it made an appearance Paul Feinbob gave a nod to it and then it just took off from there and so then we've had people asked to take the sign uh robert took it to to georgia right to the georgia game and we've had alumni asked to to see it and take pictures with it students all kinds of different groups wait so that sign Brian is Fugit, by the way brian fugit by the way is our department chair and he's the reason for this right here well he's a he's a marketing genius he now is a marketing but, genius. But, the, but the real artist <laughs> and the real genius stands behind guy, right? that sign it, what, did they say your name was luke how old are you i gotta ask you a couple questions here uh, I'm 13. So how does it feel to have this one-of-a-kind unique sign that's kind of become an on-campus meme and an ESPN meme and, a, and even a LinkedIn supply chain community meme now at such a young age? I mean, I just enjoy it, and I just do it because of my goofy dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so was it you or your dad who brought it out? Because look at this picture of him with the donkey. Show that one. Yeah, was what it is you or him here? who brought it to the donkey? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is this like Arkansas like... bullfighting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he has fun with it. He just cares about football, He, but but he has fun with the sign. Outstanding in our field. <laughs> well, I think yeah. it's excellent. You know, be, uh, in case you guys are leaving off camera, we're not kicking you off or anything, but can we get a, because we did our own pig suey, right? Yeah, we did. did you hear us? Did you, what, what did you give us for ours? I mean, I think, you know, we're very rigorous graders here, you know, at the Walton College, but I'd give you a solid B+. Plus. Solid B+. Whoa, and how B about Shelly? Shelly did pretty good. She was on phone, so you didn't get to see her do the fingers, but... Yeah, well, I mean, Shelly's an A-plus in everything she does. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I would give her an A-plus, too. I'm smart. See, now, how about you guys? Can you give you us know. a collective one? And now we'll, be, now we'll grade you. Give us your best pig suey. Give us call the hogs right now. Lead us. All right. <laughs> no. Oh, 
Love it. Wow. And you guys put all oh, that man. extra motion and See, intent after, in See, after that. that, I think that uh, the, the curve just got blown out, dude. I we, think we I mean, no, well, one thing I love, David, and this is what I told you when we, when we spoke before we did this segment. One thing that really attracted me, other than seeing these signs, is we've had a lot of guests on from the University of Arkansas. You're a powerhouse school, not mm-hmm. just of football, but of supply chain talent. And whenever we have guests on, they're so proud. If you ask them to call the hogs, and a lot of people won't do this. They won't. Oh, yeah, it's making a fool of myself. Yeah. Never no, no, once. No, no. Not a person from University of Arkansas. Every single one will call the hogs on command, no matter the situation. Yeah, well, you know, we're really blessed. We've got a lot of pride amongst our, our current students and our alumni. You know, you're, you couldn't be more spot on with that, you know, observation in my view. Um, you know, it, it extends actually even beyond our alumni and people that have, say, direct connections through their education. But even to our advisory board members, our supply chain management research center companies that, you know, contribute to uh, you know, the development of our curriculum and support our students and engage our faculty with research. There's a tremendous amount of pride uh, down here in Fayetteville, and we're really lucky in that regard. I, mm-hmm. I think we are, too. I mean, I remember when I was looking at schools, there weren't a ton of supply chain programs. And right. now these are really, really <laughs> starting to pl- proliferate and, and really differentiate themselves and become these big powerhouse things. But I have a question for a few of your students here, because I think it's really interesting sure. that they are already working. They're already working the business. They, they decided to fortify their education. And um, I guess my question is, Mr. J.B. Hunt over here, there's probably a lot of people sitting around. They go, well, what do I need to go back to school for? I've already got the job. I'm already doing my thing here. What is your pitch to them on why it's really important to step in and get an education like this to go to the next level? Yeah, so I think it allows you um, the opportunity to, one, challenge yourself, to, two, get out of the, the weeds of the day-to-day. And, and what Dr. Dobrikowski likes to say is, is think different. Think big. Think more strategic. Um, and then also learn um, fundamentals and concepts um, in, a, in a hot topic field right now that you can apply uh, in your day to day work today. It's not a it's not a program where where, you know, you complete the degree here in two years. Maybe you'll take some take something from it. It's it's something to where the stuff we're learning in class is um, applicable today. So I would say it is a great opportunity to advance your career and and separate yourself from your peers from that aspect. So I've got a question for the for the young lady there from Walmart, and I apologize. I, I have forgotten your name. If you'd state it again, that'd be awesome after I ask you this question. But what was it about the pandemic that made you interested in the supply chain, and what and what were your preconceived notions, and has that changed after you started studying? Um, so to be honest, I had friends that worked in supply chain, but I really didn't know what it was. And like you said, over the last two years, it's really become this buzzword. So when I was looking into making a career change, I started to research it. And not only was the supply chain a thriving industry, but it is an essential industry. Um, So that was all I needed to know. And I had already gotten my undergrad at U of A. So when I heard about this program, I was like, I got to be a part of that. Um, I need to learn about this. I need to be a part of this. I need to make a career out of this. And my name is Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. My niece's name, too. It's a very, very lovely name. Now, at Johnson Johnson, another massive company, too. And, you know, I think you've worked, you said you've worked there throughout this supply chain crisis, right? But why is it so crucial, especially in a disruptive time like this, and we have new technology coming in and all these kind of things? Do you think it's more crucial than ever to start pursuing that extra layer of higher education for people who are in this business and really looking to move forward? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a critical time point, right, where 
we're seeing things that we've never seen before. We're seeing technologies that come into the field. Supply chain is a young career, right? Supply chain is still developing, and we're going to be part of the next generation that uses this education to build supply chain into what it is, right? And so when you're looking to take those next steps, why not start at the University of Arkansas? It's in our back door, and we have every company you can think of around here that we can leverage to use these talents and skills immediately, right? And so we're learning cutting edge technologies, how to use it, what's going to be leading in supply chain across the nation. And we're going to be part of the foundation of that. So it's been, it's been pivotal. What's the, uh, what's campus life like over there? So you go over to student, you know, part of school is also living the life up and enjoying the, uh, the fruits of the institution. What is uh, campus life? How does that treat you? Um, I mean, in my opinion, campus is great. I think it's a beautiful campus, especially in the fall. It's a great campus to walk around, um, easy to navigate. The buildings are all great. I think campus life is great. The hills are no joke, though. This campus, <laughs> the hills are no joke. <laughs> the hills are no joke. There's, there's hills everywhere, but it, it's great. It's a very beautiful campus. Yeah, I, I, I echo everything they say, right? And, and my background's a little different. I'm a, I'm a bit older. I've got a family at home. I've got kids. And so coming back to the university and uh, being in this environment brings me back to the old days that I used to have around here. And so I've really enjoyed it. It's been, it's been really, really nice. A good mix of people, too, so you don't feel like, I don't know, uh, like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. You know, everyone's like 18, but yeah, you're, you find you're 49. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day. Hey, uh, David, before we let you guys all go, because we're running out of time here, I want to make sure people know how they can get involved with the university and involved with your program. So can you let everyone know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, certainly you'll one thing you'll find about, you know, the faculty and myself here, you know, and certainly Brian Fugit at the University of Arkansas and Walton College is that we're incredibly accessible. We are very open to getting an email from you, you know, or even a phone call. You can find my cell phone number on my website. It's a piece of cake. So, you know, we're, we're very accessible. We have a fantastic website uh, available to you that uh, I'll put on LinkedIn when I'm sure this will be kind of amplified um, so you can get, uh, you know, all the information that you want directly on the web. And hopefully you'll be impressed with that website because it's shiny and new, totally uh, redeveloped. Hey, well, we're going to meet you all at the Future of Supply Chain. Show this little placard up here. We have a holiday special going on on tickets. Although for students, we have a, yeah, show this one up here. For students, um, if, you, if you reach out to the team over here, we have student discounts and comps and things like that. But if you just work in the industry, you want to come, there's a $400 promo going on to December 31st at the Rogers Convention Center right by you guys. It's May uh, 9th and 10th. It's a two-day event, 2022. Our first live event back from uh, all these things we've been at right yeah. here in Arkansas, highlighting the NWA. Folks, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us an education on how you are educating the future generation and current generation of supply chain employees. A big round of cowbell for all of you. And should we send them off with our own? Should we try one more pig suey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got it down now. No more jazz hands. Pig suey! Good job. Pig suey! Suey. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, <laughs> right. everybody. Thanks, Appreciate Take it. Thanks for having us. Hats off to you. We will be back next week. Go to live. Oh, sorry. Go to uh, what? Live.freightways.com. That's if you want to get those tickets. There's where you can get it. Like we said, save 400 bucks. Catch us down there. Our first live event's going to be awesome. You'll find out everything that's good about Arkansas. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dune. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dune. Hey, tell him how to be this week. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.